When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, sounds kind of good that way. Marky <laughs> Rosen. Wonder what he's up to. Welcome to Flagship Ford's uh, monthly car selling secret show. I'm joined in studio by Jordan Bohanic, Mike Gelfan, and Andy Brappernard, and Tommy. It's so weird to be here. I haven't done this in a long It seems like a June. year. June was the last June? Time. Yep. It's just like falling off a bike. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it still hurts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, well, it kind of feels like getting fired. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan is a, a, is a buddy of mine that I met in the uh, boating world. We've known each other for a number of years. And as a tradition on Car Selling Secrets, we asked the in-studio guest to tell the story of their first car. Ah... First car. <laughs> First car. Ah, wow. Joey Nin- rides don't count. <laughs> 1981. Doug, where were you? I was graduating from McAllister College, spring of 81. 1981 Oldsmobile 98 Regency. Ooh. Kind of a sex wagon. It was. It was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was. <laughs> Well, tell the story. I mean, there's yeah. got to be a good story. There is a story. You're a young man with a huge car with a giant back seat. The car had no brakes when I bought it, and it had very little when I sold it. Uh, it was a piece of junk from the day that I got it. and uh, But, boy, we had a lot of fun. Could take a lot of people, go a lot of places, use a lot of oil. Okay. Trying to pull this story out. Yeah. Oh, we're <laughs> doing very well. Let me it's ask you a question. Where did you grow up? Albert Lee. Oh, I love Albert Lee. Albert Lee. Yeah. I used to go down that. Matter, matter of fact, I was the last time I was. I drove through Albert Lee. I've been there many other times, but the last time I drove through it, we were on our way to Des Moines or something. I don't know where the hell we we're going. But I was reminded because you go by the old Winnebago factory down there at the border. Yep. Really? They made a. I didn't know that. Oh made yeah, for Forest City, Iowa. Forest City, Iowa. Huh. That's exactly right. Uh, when we drove by, all I could think of is Johnny Carson's great joke. <laughs> the police force in Los Angeles have done a great job. They picked up a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of RVs, and now instead of Winnebago, it's called Bag of Wino. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! That's a great joke. Have you ever uh, seen that documentary Winnebago Man? No. Oh my God! It's hysterical. It's about the a guy. And he's probably in his late 50s, early 60s, and he's making TV commercials and industrial videos for Winnebago. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's like the angriest person in the world, and he screws everything up and swears at everybody. It's hysterically funny. So find it on YouTube. It's called Winnebago Man. Winnebago Man. Yep. Works it's a for guy. Me. It's a guy thing. Oh, it's a guy. Yeah, this isn't okay. sit around the family. <laughs> who, who was it who turned me on to Lonesome Phil? Didn't one of you guys mention that? Lonesome Jim, you mean. What's that? Lonesome Jim. 
Oh, Lonesome Jim. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, you, yeah you, you, I you mentioned. love that movie. <laughs> Fantastic movie. Isn't that a great... And it got very poor ratings in the theaters. Didn't well, do anything. I can see where it wouldn't appeal to everyone. I mean, oh, but the God. depression jokes were hilarious. The depression jokes made me laugh like a song. Oh, yeah. I, they were like, a, like three or four times when I just erupted into laughter. There's a point when the two brothers are standing, because they hadn't seen each other in a while, and they're leaning up against the wall, and they're talking to one another, not looking at one another. Uh-oh. <laughs> And I know, they're talking this about one. this, that, and the other thing. <laughs> and one of the brothers, they're not making eye contact. They're telling stories. And one of the brothers says all of a sudden, you know, my life's trouble, but you're a goddamn disaster. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you get it from. <laughs> That's where it came from. That's I did exactly watch right. that. Who was in that? Because I, I um, watched that a couple of years ago. I think Casey you told Affleck. me about it. That's right. Yeah. Casey Affleck and who's the woman? Because she's phenomenal. Oh yeah, she's the you know the do- uh, Tyler Tyler. Yeah, Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. Yeah. 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 yeah Casey she's... Affleck's great. I can't stand his brother. Everything bends in. Well, most just, people man. say it the other way around. Really? Well. Oh, Casey's yeah. phenomenal. Well, Casey's had some bad raps you yeah. know, out there. He but, has. That's true. But, but that movie. But it was just Jim. hilarious. Yeah, I love the fact that the the one guy. He was so into depression. He had like a a, a bill, like a, a bulletin board full in of his pictures. room, full of full of famous people who were depressed or you know, committed suicide. Was, yep. And I can laugh about that stuff, you know, now all these years later. Well, remember what Liv Tyler did though. What was that? He literally the it was about as big as that window. It yeah. was all like <laughs> Ernest Hemingway. Yeah. They're all sitting there just dourly. You brought up the word dour. There's about. 50 people with these really sad and dour looks on their face. Uh, he says, I have to leave for about a half hour. I'll be back in about a half hour. He comes back in, and she had put a paper smile on all of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was brilliant. It was a great movie. It, it was, yeah, a very a very subtle, great movie. I, I, I look at it the same way. It was really enjoyable. Why doesn't she act more? We, I just she rewatched uh, that thing you do, the Tom Hanks movie about the- Yeah. The one eighters in the '60s, and she's in that. She plays the lead guitar player's girlfriend. She's just great. She's a really good actress, I think. I'm just hoping she doesn't have toes like her father. Well, what, what, you, know, what was you that? can wear shoes. You ever seen her father's toes? I no. <laughs> His toes cross they're over like one another. Talons. Yeah, they're like talons. They cross over one. It's like. Here are my my foot. Like what? Well, that's hell? like a a million year old <laughs> recessive gene. I got to ask though, why would you wear sandals? Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> I mean, yeah. handy if you got to pick something up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Don't worry about it. I think in, if you get Steven Tyler to money, you could get your toes fixed. Steven, yeah, really. Steven's got a buck or two, no doubt yeah. about that. Sure. You get a toe job. <laughs> oh, my oh. God. All right, they're getting better, Mike. That's not bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that was more enjoyable. Yep, that's better than. So you didn't like the subtle stuff, in other no. words? No. The, the okay. Mike Pence one, I thought, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's... Yeah. There's a joke in there. It just there's well, that's, and I'm that's not a right. There's a joke in there. That's nice of you. Yeah, listen to him. I know the comedy expert. He's a car salesman. Way to go, Doug. I know funny when I hear it, but I also know unfunny when I. Right. <laughs> I have to ask you a, que- a car question. Okay. Since you're the car guy, I see these ads all the time. You know, car commercials car dealership commercials and in the car dealership commercials everybody is having a great time and they're grinning ear to ear like it's the most wonderful experience in the world uh, every 25 years or so i buy a car 
it's a very serious experience. You don't go there to have a good time. What is with all that? What's with the smiling and the grinning? It's called lying. <laughs> literally what well, we do for so a living. Does the, do, the, do the people watching this at home say, I'm going to buy a car from that place because I want to have a good time? Well, yeah, I, that's certainly the intent. It's like the most, the most expensive thing you'll ever buy aside okay. from your house. Let's put you, this is, this is a very interesting question. So pretend you're the marketing director for mm -hmm. Mike's ad agency and a car dealer comes to you and says, I want you to make me a car commercial. What are you going to do? Yeah. No, I, I mean, I, unless I you can it. screw around on 10 minute live radio call in spots and not talk about cars, I don't know how you make it sound good. But, but I'd like to see the customer you know, with a calculator in his hand. Right. You know, punching all the keys, crunching the numbers. That's, that's what would appeal to me. Mm. Okay, that'd make you come in. Did you ever see the commercials years ago <laughs> for the Honey Badger? Oh yeah, oh, oh sure. they're the famous. Honey Badger. Those, those were great. No, th that was there's an interesting story behind that. The guy that uh, the owner of that dealer group had the idea to do this. He wanted the ad agency that does Coca Cola to do the ads. Johnson Automotive. Yeah. So he called. He can't get past the admin assistant. Oh, we don't. You know whatever the agency is. We don't do car commercials, that's terrible. So he figures out who the CEO is, what country clubs he goes to, he meets him in the bar, pitches the deal, and the guy says, sounds fucking awesome, let's do it. <laughs> and it was, if you've ever, if you don't know, we've, we're talking about Google Honey Badger car commercials, and it's a uh, automaton Honey Badger about this big that just makes fun of everything in the car business and he's trying as the woman's looking at buy a car and got any wiggle room grab, grab the mirror that's where you put your makeup on honey and you don't need to open the hood and do these uh -huh. look like the hands of a mechanic i'm on my popcorn break he's just the most offensive and it's great yeah it is good you but know there's a, most of them are terrible and they end it every time tired of being badger yeah, that's right you know there's a honey bear scandal that. in china really yeah, there's a, a, it's a sun bear. A, the, the sun bear. It's yeah. the sun bear. But, and the sun bears have one of the things about the sun bears, which is a real species, they have they have huge tongues. <laughs> it's, it's true. So that they can get the honey out of the beehives. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So there's this, this zoo. I think it's like in eastern <clears throat> China someplace. And uh, apparently the zoo, you know, they, they're having trouble. You know, they can't really afford a lot of animals. So... There's supposed so people are are claiming that the the sun bear there is actually a human being in a bear suit. I did see that yeah, this morning. Funny it just story, popped I thought, up. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't read it. And, it, and, it was, and I have to say, if it was actually if it was actually a bear, I'm assuming it really was a bear. It certainly does look human because they stand on their hind legs. Mm -hmm. Oh, that thing, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's yep. You got to look it up. You got to Google that just to see. It was on the, the news last night, I think. Was it? I saw it like a few days ago yeah, yeah, on the internet. It was on the yeah. news last night. But that bear is standing there is like... <laughs> yeah, like, what? Crossing his arms. He crosses his Or in, in, in one way, he's like, he's like reaching up like into the heavens people. with yeah, his he's hands. doing this. He's yeah. like, what the hell? And, and it looks like he's just like a... What it looks like is it's like a, a very skinny man. Cause yeah. In a, yep. in a suit, because the suit kind of like flaps around a little. But that's true of the honey, the actual sun bear is they, they do at certain times of the year, you know, they, they look very skinny and, and, and they're, I think for, it's, it's for purposes of survival, really, that their skin 
and, and their fur kind of just hangs loose. What do you got to get unskinny? Well, because because of anything, <laughs> yeah. gra- because of, because of, you know because of another if if a if a predator you know, tries to eat them, they'll just mm-hmm. get the 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 flesh there the flesh, and they can yeah. tear away. Yep. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I have a bear story. Yeah, I was at a, was a uh, automotive <laughs> marketing uh, convention. It was just horrible and thinly attended, and we all have booths set up, and nobody's at a booth except for this one ad agency who had taken a small family-run business and made it explode internationally. And the company's name is Grizzly Milk. And it was started by one of their forefathers in the late 1800s who got trapped in Montana in the mountains in a blizzard and wound up spending a month in a cave with a hibernating grizzly bear and survived (laughs) on her milk. That's funny right away. But it's also funny, but it's also true. So That's they, crazy. They sell this stuff now. They got permission from the uh, DNR in Montana mm. to actually feed these bears because apparently when they're hibernating, they do kind of half wake up at times and they'll eat stuff. That So they yeah. feed them like strawberries and salmon because it makes the grizzly milk uh, taste better. <laughs> and they sell this stuff all over the world, 100 bucks an ounce. Wow. Wow! What it's a like, guy! What a guy present though. It's like marriage. Isn't Happy it? Hanukkah, Mike. Here's some grizzly milk. <laughs> what the fuck am I gonna do with this? It's but like, the booth was packed. It was brilliant marketing. Really. Isn't it like marriage? Don't you think? Yes. Because there's this inert spouse, which is, yeah. And you have to feed them, so they t- never mind. I'm not I think, gonna go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's shift gears and but feel bad, Jordan. I dragged him all the way out up here from Albert Lee. Jordan is also kind of a car guy in that he runs a uh, sales department of a heavy-duty truck dealership. What what oh. brands do you guys carry? We carry Volvo um, at the location I'm at, and okay. then we've also got Freightliner as well. So as you know, I've kind of been fascinated by the move to battery-powered vehicles in the, in the last year or so, and Sarah bought one, as I think you know. Volvo is is getting into that game too, aren't they? They are. It's becoming a big, big push in the market. Uh, in the truck world, you know, we're seeing a lot of different things start to come our way. Um, as the green movement is getting bigger and bigger. Um, but I know people that are in the trucking business, and they don't. I think environmentalism isn't on the top of their deal. It's all about. How can I cut costs, right? You know, we've got so so many things happening right now. You know, you've got shortage of drivers. You've got shortage of time that the drivers can be on the road. And the issues become when you've got electric trucks, you know, you don't have the longevity to be on the road and go miles and miles and miles, you know. So we're seeing a lot of the electric trucks being put into uh, regional hall type settings because they're out and back at the evening and they can charge them and it works out good. Uh, but it, it's going to be some time before we start to see it in the long haul. So market. does Volvo have anything in production? Or are they still testing? Or? Oh, no, they're in production. Yeah, there's actually some running around the Twin Cities. Wow. And they're 18-wheel tractor yep. trailers. Yep, well, sure. it's inevitable anyway, right? I think so. It's crazy. You stand, you stand <laughs> around <laughs> one, and the only thing you hear is the air dryer go off but the truck goes by and it's, you don't hear anything all you hear is the country western music yeah that's right <laughs> well there you go actually i've noticed a lot of truck drivers are east african now and there's a lot of eastern uh europeans and russians that seem to be truck drivers there is yeah Just tons of them it's we, a different i world. buy cars at dealer auctions all over the country and you go to a like a freight board and, and and find somebody to haul the load. They're almost all either Polish or, or Russians now. It's just crazy. 
For sure. And it For used sure. to be everybody was from Alabama 25 years ago. Because <laughs> yeah. you couldn't understand them. You can't understand the Russians either, but, you know. Oh, just stop by my neighborhood. You'll learn. Oh. <laughs> you Russian Jews living in the neighborhood, Mike? Uh, well, you know, I mean, most most Jews in this country anyway are Russian. Yeah, you know, that's they're, true. They're, yeah. They trace, they're Ashkenazi Jews. Right. Yeah, that's right. So they trace back to Eastern Europe. In, uh, in the case of a lot of us, they trace right back to the diaspora in Minsk, which is now part of Belarus, right, but right. was part of Russia. And, yeah, they, um, they're somewhat insular, though. Hmm? I have a question for you. There's a movie in which Brad Pitt plays, I don't know, a sergeant or a, a, some kind of officer in World War II, and he pronounces the word Nazi kind of like Nazi. I've heard that. Why would you get so close to Ashkenazi uh, Jews? Is that Inglorious Bastards? It might be, yes. I think it was a Quentin Tarantino But didn't anybody tell him, I wouldn't pronounce it Nazi because Ashkenazis are Jews. Let's not go that route, shall we? That would make them nauseous. Thank you. Everybody knows Brad's big anti-Semite. Big anti-Semite. That's what it is. There's no question. But, I mean, you'd think he'd think it through a little bit. It's insensitive. So I, I agree. I have a Volvo story. So I got invited by Edmonds to go out to Google about eight or nine years ago in Palo Alto. And it's Google is really a weird place. It's got two different campuses. One is ultra-modern, really cool buildings, and the other one is where they started. And it looks like they took a bunch of 70s singles apartment from Bloomington, you know, with the <laughs> kind of the white plaster on the outside and then the big dark board. Oh, sure. And that's what it was. That's the, where the original Google started. And this woman, who I'm sure was smarter than everybody in the room put together, was talking about how car dealers should market. And they said, here's an example of marketing creativity. And they showed that famous Volvo truck commercial. Now, you probably remember it. There's two semis right next to each other. And this guy named Jean-Claude Van Damme, who's Leg doing spread. the splits oh, yep. God, on the mirrors yes. as yeah. the trucks mm-hmm. back up and they're playing Enya. Mm-hmm. Yep. And she says, this is really what you need to do. And I raised my hand. I said, you know, we don't, we're not like you guys. We don't have 80% net to gross. That's mm-hmm. a huge profit margin. Um, that's probably a $2 million commercial. That would be our marketing budget for the next 10 years. <laughs> but thanks for the idea. And I'd like to meet John if he happens to be around. <laughs> Why don't you just do the splits? <laughs> you know, you know. Yeah, I, I have to say, Doug, that wasn't very helpful. <laughs> I didn't think it was helpful at all. <laughs> that commercial got a lot of traction. Oh, it was awesome. It was yeah. great. Yeah. Very creative. For sure. Oh, I certainly remember it, yeah. I remember it. I just never remember what it's actually for. Well, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I, but truck, yeah. it, it resonated with truck people. It I did. Know. It actually was talking about Volvo dynamic steering. Oh. And, uh, Which, and who doesn't get excited about no, that? Right? No Mike? question. Oh yeah, I'm, go ahead, George. I just had to I didn't shift. Mean to cut you off. No. <laughs> so what is what is it actually? Just their steering platform they use, uh, just very precision steering, and it talks about uh, you know the commercials wanting to put together how precision and precise that the trucks can be that close together. They don't have like. Do you have joysticks on your boat, by the way? I do not. I don't either. You You're a Carver owner. You guys got more high tech stuff. So we were talking off air about people from different political backgrounds getting along. Jordan, when I met him, he had his boat right next to mine. And we got to be friends. He's got two young kids that are just fabulous. His wife's a sweetheart. Um, And he's flying the big Trump flag. And I'm like, okay, that's just the way it is. And it was about half the people on our dock are like that. I wake up one morning after 
maybe a couple of cocktails in the tiki at Sunday morning. There's this big fucking Trump flag hanging from my antenna. <laughs> so I started pounding on the side of the boat. Boy, Nick, wake up! Motherfucker! Get that thing off! <laughs> you threatened my, you were going to get me a Richard Nixon flag. Well, no, I actually just got it because it's starting again, you know, as we lead up to the erection. election. Not erection. erection. Oh, <clears throat> oh. oh. Aging Dr. Freud. Aging Dr. Sigmund Freud, mine too. Yeah. Well, um, that's what happens when you mention Volvos. Right. Uh, <laughs> Volvo, Volvo. Yeah, we got yeah. it. We got You're getting it, right? back yes. in the game. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> joke tally here. That's about number eight. It's not that easy to keep up, let's face it. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. I did get. I did send away to China for an I like Ike flag that I'm going to fly in the back. <laughs> I like boat. Ike. I actually have an I like Ike uh, button. Do you? From actually from 1952. It's probably worth a little uh, bit of yeah. Dough. I, I would think so. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, there's no real way to authenticate it, but that's true. Carbon dating. I suppose not. I guess the demand would uh, de- depend on how many people like Ike still. Yeah. Well, I like Ike. Yeah. I mean, I look back at Ike. I, I mean, I, I feel warm and fuzzy. I, wouldn't we all love to have him as president right now? I can't say I know one thing about him. I would agree with well, you. Well, he I helped think. win World War II. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, he did. Um, played a big part in that. And like, a, not all, but like a lot of soldiers that have been through that sort of stuff really came out of it as a Almost a pacifist. Yeah. Not really, but close. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's true, you know. I think in his mind, we needed to do everything possible to prevent having to do that again. Yeah. And also, he was responsible for uh, building the interstate. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was. Oh, yeah, Although, that's right. the reason behind that was to move troops across Military, the country. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was one of the reasons, yeah. 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 And also so that you could build a lot of motels that would eventually become obsolete. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the right. cloverleaf. Yeah, yeah, so they, the cloverleaf. Yeah, oh, <laughs> well, it was, uh, there, were, there were at least a couple of uh, Minnesota Twins players who really liked that motel. I don't know what you're talking I, about. <laughs> <laughs> the Cloverleaf Motel. Barked it, like a dog. It was like built right, right on the Cloverleaf. It was. Yeah. It was on the Cloverleaf. It's like on the, almost like on the grass <laughs> of the Cloverleaf. Yeah. And how That's soundproof how were the windows and doors? I'm hoping very. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it was, uh, and it was classier than the, uh, remember the Cosmopolitan Motel? Sure. It's, uh, and the Cosmopolitan Motel, it was pink. Yeah, it was pink. And That's the sign exactly in front right. said, Cosmopolitan motel and then in quotes it said it's pink <laughs> again now that's more great marketing yeah. talk about branding huh yeah they got it all figured in out in case you didn't figure it out ah, no quite well i think i've told you this before when i was in seventh grade at saint anne's our house burned to the ground and they put us up at the cloverleaf motel oh really did Absolutely. you just get any, any autographs signed <laughs> no, there was a lot of noise, though, I will tell you that. Yeah, I went up and yeah. Apparently, uh, Bobby Allison used to entertain <clears throat> at the old Hopkins house. Entertain? And when they, yeah, apparently he was quite an entertainer. <laughs> um, and when they tore it down, one of the, the guy I know took one of the bricks and he gave it to his son as a memento. I'm like, oh, and the oh. son's a friend of mine. I'm like, that's kind of cold. Bob Allison, Allison's son? Yeah. Oh, God, that's cold. Yeah, he runs, uh, Funny, ho- he runs Hopkins Honda. Oh, he's, gen- okay. he's really, his name's Kyle. He's really just a great guy. And Bob sold cars in the offseason. People don't realize that, but yeah. all those guys back in that era, the, when the twins first came to town, they could not survive on their twin salaries. Yeah. They had to have win- uh, winter jobs. That's right. Well, and, and all of us who... who uh, collected uh, uh, baseball cards um, like in for me it would have been I was born in 1950s so in the late 50s or so and on the on the on the back of the card they would always have many of them would would have just you know there wasn't room for a lot of information there mm-hmm. but they would they would say things like uh, uh, Bill digs graves in the off season. <laughs> Wow. I mean, that was it. Some of the guys were grave diggers, and, and a lot of them, of course, were sales guys. That was the perfect job, you know, because to be, a, you know, a, well, first of all, of course, it doesn't take any skill to be a sales guy. Right. Yeah, yeah what do they say? If you can't do, sell. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. That's number That's nine. Nice yeah. Keep going. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so, no, but it, uh, a, lot of them, a lot of them had sales jobs, and, and I think a lot of them, some the ones who really made out had like you know like like beer distributorships. Oh, you no, know, yeah. that oh yes, better. right. And that's like having a, having a you know a gold brick. So pretty God. pretty cool stuff. Those were the days, man. Can you imagine what it must have been like? What year was it that that Babe Ruth signed that hundred thousand dollar a year? Nineteen eighteen, I think. Is it that late? Can you imagine how much money that was back 18. then? No, I don't think the I don't think I think they paid the Red Sox that hundred thousand. But he got a hundred grand a well, year. Well, yeah, and because yeah. you know you know the story behind it, one of the stories. What's that? Uh, he uh, someone said to him, hundred thousand dollars. That's more than the president makes. And you and remember said, what his response was? I do was? remember what he said. Give me the response. No, no, you do it. Well, he said, 
basically what he said was, I had a better year. I had a better year. <laughs> <laughs> and he did. And he did, by the way. Oh, well, sure, yeah. But now you got guys making 30, 40 million, 50 million a year. Now. Yeah, I was going to say, no, it's that's... funny. You say 100,000 must have been a lot of money back then. You said 1918? Yeah. Uh, it's actually $2 million. That's all? So by comparison, yeah, modern, no, you're right. That's modern athletes are doing pretty well. Well, we got to remember, better. though, in, in 1918, <clears throat> they didn't have TV rights. That is true. That's true. So, yeah, that's right. So it's all it's all relative, but yeah, yeah I guess it was. It's still a lot of money. Only revenue was ticket sales, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They probably hadn't invented the merch table yet. So probably nah. some radio appearances or something yeah, like probably. that. Probably. Yeah, radio. Yeah, there, they, there were radio you deals. Think they hawked stuff back then. I don't I know. wonder. I don't think they did. I don't. I certainly. You know. I don't think it was till the '30s that athletes started doing ads for Lucky Strike and. Mm-hmm. Oh Fields God! Remember and, the cigarette ads? But yeah. yeah, I remember those when I was a little kid. I'm Cigarette Joe DiMaggio, and I smoke Lucky Strike. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, three out of four doctors do. That's right. Yeah. Let's that's not just, forget that. That's like the uh, the James Dean uh, commercial for sports cars. Yeah, sports yeah. cars. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't exactly say, you know, you can go as fast as you want, but it was but ironic was, in the end. It was like a couple of months apart, too, wasn't it? I think it was, His yeah. endorsement, and then he got killed in a car accident. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, whoops. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing about James <laughs> Dean, the way he acted... With, he acted with a lot of irony, yeah. so it was almost appropriate. So you're saying wasn't that good? Poor guy, been dead for you. Been dead for you. I don't know. They've been banging on that wall now for they've about five years. They've been working on this place for years. I know. It's been years. It never stops in. ever. Honest to God, what are you gonna do? Remember Tim Conway's bits where he'd play like the world's oldest fireman. I loved him. <laughs> I think you got the same thing with the construction. Yeah, maybe you might be right about that. I mean, he what a sweetheart of a man that guy was. Talked to him a couple, had him on the show a couple times. Just the nicest guy you'd ever want to meet. Very sincerely nice. Is he the one that did discount air, where the seat shook? I don't remember that. God, I don't either. Probably though. Yeah. Those guys, Harvey Corman and he together. Forget Uh, about it. The dental skit. (laughs) Oh God, (laughs) (laughs) that was fantastic. Uh, and I and, and early Saturday Night Live was kind of like that too, in that they'd always try to crack each other up. Yeah, they they go a little too far because you know they then they'd pretend to break out of character and laugh oh, hysterically. Yeah. Right, that's one of the cheapest tricks ever. Yeah, I don't like that. No, either, when right. Harvey Corman would when when Harvey Corman would start to crack up, you could it seemed like it was real. It seemed like it. Yeah, that's true. You got to hand it to Carol Burnett, man. She put that whole deal together. She yeah. went out and got each one of those people individually, and what a talent she was. Yeah. What was that deal? So she had to sue some guy because didn't he say that she was trying to smother her kids to death or something? What? Now <laughs> yeah. we for another exciting adventure of Andy <laughs> looks up shit on the internet for old people. Yeah, she had to sue some guy because he was talking shit about her, and I can't remember what it was about. What's her name? Carol Burnett. Oh, you're talking about Oh, Carol. my God. Carol who? I wasn't That's paying attention. That's, no, I'm just talking about how old I am compared to you. Well, Carol Burnett, B-U-R-N-E-T-T. Yeah, two T's. Two T's. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it would be Burnett. Yeah, she's still alive. She's still alive, but... So. Yeah. Who was the guy that she got in a battle with? Who would she have to sue? Uh, she sued National Enquirer. That's what well, it was. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Now, what'd they say about her? That she was a uh, drunk or something? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Something yeah. about say her she being a drunk, drunk um, <laughs> and eating too much. And eating too much. 
<laughs> you got nothing better That's to do. That's the worst sin in Hollywood. <laughs> you ate well, too Well, apparently, much. so they took pictures of her taking desserts off of a neighboring table in a restaurant. But apparently the context was she was trading her dessert for theirs. But they just got a picture that made her look like she was scavenging desserts off of people's tables. <laughs> I've done that before. Yeah, there you go. You and Carol Burnett, yeah. damn it. Boy, there's a way to get blacklisted, huh? Yeah, yeah. steal dessert. She ate someone's dessert. People. And well, that's the problem with the world. If you become successful and famous at the same time, you're going to have to pay. That's well, all and, there is to and, it. And it seems like one of the big things now is that people are throwing heavy objects at people on stages. Yeah. Would you explain that? Always to me? done that, though. Well, not no, like but, this, but, though. but it used to be tomatoes. No, it's cell it phones. Uh, yeah, now it's cell phones. I was at a Frank Zappa show in the 70s, and somebody did that, and Frank stopped the band and just motherfucked the guy for about yeah. 30 minutes. <laughs> well, and he should. He says, if you ever do that again, we are out of here. No, I don't blame. Somebody gets severely hurt, man. Yeah. No doubt about it. Oh, yeah, this is, this is not, not well, yeah, humorous. A 70s cell phone. God. <laughs> well, it, it didn't have, I don't remember what the guy threw. That was a big old giant brick in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. And there are also people. Here's one right here, the cell phone. There's an entire hey, booth. You know? yeah. I'm going to throw my iPhone negative 20 at <laughs> That's you. right. <laughs> Did you see the article about the American Airlines pilot that just let the, the uh, passengers have it? Tell him huh. because of conduct on the plane. Oh, okay. He sat down and said that this is my plane. This is how it's going to be run. And he went on, it was actually quite funny, but uh, you'll have to research it. He said that the gift I'm giving everyone in the middle seat are both of your armrests. Use them. Well, there you go. <laughs> and it went on and on, but it's uh, definitely something to take a look at. And if they don't cooperate, he's going to have an emergency landing in Kokomo. Kokomo, baby. <laughs> everyone stay on the plane. I'll be back in three days. <laughs> 11? <laughs> That'd be nice. Well, 11. I'm just writing down Mike's jokes. Oh, he gave you 11. That's pretty No, good. no, I'm counting them. That's what I'm saying. Hmm, he's 11. hot. He's on, he's on fire. Spent an hour with comedians, and it's just like his old self is coming back. That was wonderful. God, that was a great day today. Really enjoyed it. Yeah. So I want to hear what it's like going from that other joint to where you are now. Things are good, I'm it, assuming. It, it, it's totally different. I mean, I have a different <clears throat> job Um and, and I'm talking about the retail side, not the computer side. So it's a small store. You get to know everybody really well. The hours are decent. I mean, we close at 5.30 or 6 during the week, and we're open five hours on Saturday. And, um, and it's fun. Uh, but you do see stuff out in the country that you don't see uh, in Bloomington. Uh, we were talking about Amish people. There's a big Amish community in oh, Baldwin, yeah. and you'll see them. Hmm? <laughs> the guy says, hey, look at the wheels on that one. And this guy... <laughs> Not, they're not rickshaws. What are they? Carriages or whatever. So, do you sell used horses? No, we do. We do. We do not sell horses. Although the things that you wind up sponsoring as a country dealer, oh, sure. a lot of people oh, don't I know bet. this, but car dealers for get a lot of shit. Most of it's uh, um, earned, but they also usually support their local communities pretty well. It's the you know the little league baseball team, so on and so forth. But out there, we do like cattle auctions and stuff like that mm -hmm. so we had to sign up to sponsor a uh, farm kids animal and pay a thousand dollars for it at the auction and then they butcher it and then they divide it up amongst the employees so that's that's not really the toyota experience it's don't very different. say that in front of andy today it's a bad day to tell him about that uh-oh why yeah dad why 
Uh, what happened to your frozen meat section at the house? Oh, yeah. Uh, Uh-oh. <laughs> about a week ago, unbeknownst to us, Ethan decided to play with the dial on the freezer. Oh. oh. Mm-hmm. My little sister used to do that to my goldfish. I come oh. into my room and they're all... <clears throat> yeah. It's about 120 degrees in the tank. Yeah, so naturally, of course, he decided to turn it counterclockwise right. to zero. And, of course, it was like 100 degrees last week, so... Yeah, a couple days ago, Melissa, we're having friends over. So she's like, oh, we have all this steak. I'll get some steak out of the freezer and we'll have it. And then, no, turns out it had all thawed. It was all just past the point of uh, refrigeration, so we couldn't save any of it. Oh, but it didn't reek. Uh, no, not yet, but it does now, now that it's in our garbage can. I had to take the garbage can down to the end of the driveway three days early just yeah. because our garage smelled so bad. My grandmother used to live in Wellesley and would spend all her summers up at this place in Maine. And my mom and my sisters were up there with her, and, you know, she hadn't been home to Wellesley in a couple of months. And we drove back. We were going to stay overnight in her townhouse and then drive back to Minnesota. Power went out, and mm-hmm. there like two months before. Oh, oh my God. He walked in the door, and we thought that somebody had been killed, but it was just the fridge. So Yeah, it's surprising how quickly that, that can smell very, very bad. That just happened on our boat last week. Oh, did it really? really? We had been gone two weeks, and uh, thank goodness the neighbors have uh, really good noses because <laughs> they're the ones that figured out the problem. Mary and Mary? Yes, and uh, the smell was very apparent from a couple boats down. I learned the hard way that people with dementia lose their sense of smell. Yeah. I learned that when I went over to my dad's house, and my dad never turned the air conditioner on. So there had been a piece of uh, a, a piece of fish, oh, leftovers God. of the fish. And oh, he had, God. He had... Uh, he had thrown the fish, the piece of fish, into a garbage can, uh, and a, it was like it was 90 degrees outside, but it was about 95 inside, and I walked into the house, and it was Ooh. overpowering. But he couldn't smell it. He couldn't smell it, no. God, isn't that amazing? I wondered why he couldn't get a date. So I guess that must have been the reason why. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't use a lot of cologne, is that what you're saying? Just, you know, nothing, nothing worked, yeah. Anybody no. has any good rotting flesh stories, call the talk and text line. Yes, <laughs> rotting flesh stories. Apparently everyone's got one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I suppose. I suppose they probably do. Yeah, I just found out about that last night. That was almost a quarter of a cow, too, wasn't it? Well, we bought the quarter, but then we gave half to you. Oh, that's right. So it was an eighth, but we've also been... Because that was like, what, it's got to have been two months ago at this yeah, point, if months, not longer. Yeah. So, you know, an eighth of a cow minus two months of eating it probably once or twice a week. So, I don't know, probably about half of that. So, can you get your eighth back? No. From I mean, him? I don't think we're going to. Oh, from them? <laughs> well, honestly, apparently you guys haven't been doing a whole lot of eating. Yeah, that's true. You could probably come and pick some up at the house. <laughs> yeah. that's, very, that's very true. Yeah, I thought you meant like cow ins- steak insurance or something. No, we didn't take that out. So, remind me again how old Ethan is. Is he? Two? He is 21 months okay, in four days. Two. 21 months. So in when you yell at him, did he start to cry? <laughs> what? When you yelled at him, did he start to cry? <laughs> oh, he's not quite at that age yet, okay. where he really understands consequences or yelling. I suppose not. Well, but of course, uh, so Melissa goes out there, discovers that the steak is all ruined, comes back in, 
and Ethan had catapulted his full bowl of oatmeal into the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) And I am out the door because I have to go to work. Oh, God. So it was not a good morning to be Melissa. (laughs) I wiped Ethan off and got his clothes changed before I left, but still. (laughs) And, of course, Daisy helped. She ate the oatmeal off the ground. When my oldest cousin, who I think is born in 1950 as well, Tommy, was about that age, his parents loved to listen to Arthur Godfrey. Oh, of course. Oh, of course, yeah. My aunt came around the corner just to see young Tommy had climbed up on top of the refrigerator, Philco in his hands, saying, Afagafa, no good, and threw the radio <laughs> off the top of the refrigerator onto the kitchen floor. Now that's Smash talent. A, bit. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of breaks in the, in the screen? Yeah. <laughs> Afagafa, I like Afagafa. Yeah, that, that was pretty funny. I remember those, uh, those like eight-inch black-and-white Philcos. Yes. Well, this was not a TV. It was the the, the a radio. Radio. Yeah, yeah. same thing. The big, you know, big light. Radios, of course. The TVs were small, but the radios were big. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Philco made TVs though. Yeah. yeah. Well. Oh no, I. They did. I yeah, that's you know that's how I made my first bet. On a Philco. It was my uncle Sal, <clears> and we <throat> were at my grandmother's house on Eighth and Newton. And we North were, Minneapolis. North Jim Minneapolis. ready in case this is joke number 12. No, it's not, it's, no this, this one is not a joke. Um, and, uh, and so uh, my, my Uncle Saul, uh, who was, um, he wasn't a popular guy within the family. I'll just put it that way. Okay. My, my dad especially loathed him. But that's another story <laughs> for another time. And uh, so uh, Uncle Saul was, was uh, he, he, had, he turned on the Philco. And it was the it was the Friday night fights, the Gillette Friday oh, night sure. fights, you know. Yep. And uh, so I figured I wandered in. I thought, well, this could be interesting. You know, I think I was five. And um, so Uncle Saul said, uh, "You got a penny?" I said, "Yeah, I got a penny." He said, "What do you say we make a little bet on the fight?" So I said, "Yeah, that's cool." I said, "Fine." And I reached into my pocket, which was full of lint and various objects, and there was a penny there. I said, "Yeah, here's the penny." He said, "I'll hold it." I should have known I was in trouble then. Yeah. He said, well, who do you like? And I pointed to the black guy, right? He said, no, I got him. You got the other guy <laughs> who was white. And, uh, That's nice. And the white guy uh, was knocked unconscious like, you know, 38 seconds into the fight. And uh, that was my first bet ever. He kept the, mu- he kept the penny. And uh, as, I, as I always say, it's not a joke, but I always say, ever since I've been trying to get that penny back. Um, But that was my Uncle Saul. My my dad, the reason my dad hated Uncle Saul was my dad was working as a sports writer at the Pioneer Press, and he was covering boxing, which wasn't a bad beat to have. Oh, back then, no, absolutely. And uh, Uncle Saul, he he was, among other things, he was a barber, very bad barber. And he cut people. He was a bad boy. No, they needed a cut man just just for the customers at the barber shop. Now that's a joke. That's, a, that's how bad. Yeah, right. Twelve for sure. Twelve. But I just 12. but that was spontaneous. I will okay, in my right. defense. And, uh, and it was one of your better ones. <laughs> they usually oh. are. <laughs> and uh, so um, Uncle Sal comes into the uh, into the pa- into the paper and he's promoting some you know some B grade fight. And uh, at the at the armory, and he hands my dad. He says, "Oh, I, I got a press release. I got this fight coming up." And my dad said, "Fine, just give it to me, Saul." And Saul left. And my dad opened up the envelope, and there was a five-dollar bill in there. Ooh! And my dad never spoke to him again. Really? Yep. 
Why? Because he hated him for trying to bribe my dad. I suppose. Uh, you, you had to know my dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he, I ever met your dad. What's that? I don't think I ever met your dad. I don't think you did. I don't. I don't remember it no, anyway. No, but he enjoyed the he enjoyed the show. Yeah, that's what I heard. That he liked show. the show. He, yeah. uh, he would say, "Oh, you were really on today," or he'd say, "Yeah, that Bernard, he was funny today." As he opposed to other that. days, you're making that up. Yeah, so other, yeah. No, as no, opposed he, to four he, out of five. He would say that, and the funny thing about it is, almost everything about the show had to offend him. Oh, I suppose, yeah. I would imagine different generation. Yeah, different generation. But he, you know, he got used to it. Stop hanging over over your joke pad. <laughs> Sorry. He's got the pen in his hand. There's going to be another one. Because I, I think I told you. <laughs> I don't you, want to miss it. It's like lightning. I told you. The, I think I told you the story. But my dad, you know, he he loved the fact that I was a journalist, mm-hmm. because he had been a sports writer. But he he never wanted to be a he you know he never wanted me to be a sports writer. But he did want me to be a journalist, just not a sports writer. Okay. So anyway, so you know. Because you'd you, compete with him. What's that? Because you'd compete with no, him. No, because he he just thought sports writing was corrupt and stupid. Mm. Well, it, it is. Was he wrong? He was not wrong. No, <laughs> was he was he definitely. Wrong? A, it's not corrupt anymore. It's just stupid. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful. Someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you. Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. They say that to Roger Angel. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, who, by the way, uh, my, my friend Neil Carlin told me, Neil's you know journalist himself, mm-hmm. And uh, and he worked he worked in New York for many years. He said Roger Angel was one of the worst human beings. Was he ever really? Yeah. I I read him in the New Yorker. I know all the you time. would never he's think that, great. right? He was yeah. a great writer. I thought. No, I, absolutely, yeah. But he was a just an asshole, huh? Yeah, apparently he, he was like everybody hated the guy, but he wow. didn't. He wrote like he was the sweetest guy yeah. in the world. Yeah, it was very insightful and it was great prose style and. So anyway, so eventually, then, then I, you know, the internet came along, and then papers merged, and I, I just sort of failed into radio, thanks to Tom. Yeah, failed in radio. That's uh, my fault. And there I was, and there I was, like about ten years later, and you know, I was, I was making pretty good money, and I was having a great time, and loved the job. My dad called me up, and he said, uh, "I just heard there's an opening on the Pioneer Press business desk." 
Oh, get over there. Yeah, where, right. where dreams go to die. Yeah, yeah I just... Uh, What's new with Cargill? Yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I'd been a business writer once, and of course it was for a slightly better paper, but... You wrote for the journal, didn't you? Yeah, 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 and that part of it was awful. So anyway, that was my dad. That was I have so many dad stories. And later, some other day, I'll tell the story about about how he um, put put the local corner grocer out of business. <laughs> what? Yeah, but that's an, another day. I'll tell that. Story. I have a question for you. When yeah. you worked at the Star Tribune, the old building, I worked at the Tribune. Yeah. Yeah, the Tribune. I always like to right. say that because that's right. Don't want to. There were different Morning Star and the Afternoon Tribune. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Did you ever? Uh, encounter shouting John when you would leave that building because he was all around, always around that building. He wrote letters to me. Oh, that's right. You told me he wrote yeah. letters to you. He wrote hate letters to to some of us. Yeah. Do you guys know who shouting? Yeah, John no, was? we've talked about him before. I think I remember him. I think yeah. at Dayton's one time he was screaming gospel verses or something like that. He occasionally he would wind up in the hospital. Yeah, he would. Absolutely. Yeah, I was. If I remember, but I mean, when he, he probably well, pretty clearly. But when he wasn't, he was walking all over town. When I was a busboy at Donaldson's Garden Room, which was oh, on the sure. fifth floor of the old Donaldson's building, yeah. he would come in to have lunch, and he would get down on his knees in front of the booth, and he would say his pre-meal prayer, and nobody ever bothered him about that, because oh, everybody good. understood sure. that it was shouting John, and the last time I ever saw him, he was walking past the Tribune, Star Tribune building, He's just walking along, and he walked. Remember how stiff he walked? Yes. Very stiff Very walking. Well, very erect, yeah. <clears throat> yes, he's very erect, and he's walking along like this, and all of a sudden he just goes, Washington apples are the best goddamn <laughs> apples in the world. Yeah. Like, oh. He had that stentorian voice. <laughs> he did. He talked yeah. a lot about the weather. Yeah, he talked about the weather all the time. He talked yep. about the weather and how... Yep. how, how Someone said that it was the uh, you know that yesterday was the was a was a high uh, all time high and then he'd say that wasn't a goddamn all time high <laughs> that was on April <laughs> April nineteenth you know and he'd go on with that yeah Mike I was talking to my daughter the other night and I wish you had been there <clears throat> she is about to go off for a third year of college oh, oh, the first two words was in London mm-hmm. where she was studying international business and then her third year she's going to Korea for the whole year it doesn't oh, even come God. over Christmas Ooh. wow. And we were talking about, uh, you know, money and, and college costs. And, and her mom and I have told both kids, we'll get you through undergraduate school debt-free. If mm. you want to go to grad school, it's, you know, it's going to be on your own. Well, we'll, I, you I told my, my oldest son the same thing. Yep. He's still, by the way, in debt. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> nice. and Ellie is, she's just a high-performing student, but she's still kind of insecure. So she started crying. She goes, Dad, I'm, I'm going to have to gra- go to grad school. I'm not sure what I want to do. And I said, well, hon, I, you don't have to decide your life right now. You just turned 20. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of days that's ahead of you, hopefully. Right. I said, so what kind of things are you interested in? And that's when she said the following words that made my heart just crack. Well, I'm thinking about journalism. I'm like, oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you Anything better think about it quick because AI is coming around the corner. Yep. Well, there still mm-hmm. are a few journalism schools. Yep, I know there are. But so. you know, but like they don't like to use the word journalism anymore. Right. Because and and I've been told that there was a survey done of the uh, of all the students. There's quite a few, you know, who who uh, who are majoring in some form. It's not like you know they don't even call it that anymore. It's like mass communications. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The, you know, the school of journalism is now the Hubbard School of Mass Communication or something right, like that, right? right? Yeah. 
And um, so they did a survey, like, and there were like, you know, 400 kids. And, uh, and they asked, you know, one of the thing, questions they asked them was, well, do you, do you want to work in journalism? And there was something like five who said yes. And really? Ellie could do it. I mean, she's always, ever since she was five, and I taught her to type on her great-grandmother's 1935 Smith Corona. Oh, she's yeah. always had the gift of being able to write. But I, I you It's know, a great aspiration was, yeah. because there are newspapers. Yeah. And, of course, you can be a journalist in various media, too. But um, but if she if she would like to be a, a real journalist who works for a newspaper, I mean you know you got you got to aim high. But she sounds yeah. like the kind of person. Well, who would. yeah, she'll have some worldly experience in it. But I I also think she'll wind up in law school. It's just mm. she's working part time for this firm mm. for the last two years, and they've already got her writing briefs when she was a freshman in college. And yeah, that's well, that's so who knows. That's where my oldest son wound up in law school. I said, school. you know, if you're fluent in Korean and you've traveled all over the world and you know about it, you could work for the CIA, they'd probably take in a second. Oh, yeah. Well, sure they'll probably I, recruit her. I'm not sure I want to kill people. I said, not everybody in the CIA is on the have, extermination a, end of the equation. I have a feeling they'll probably get in touch with her. Yeah. Yeah. You know it would be a very interesting job? Being like a janitor at the CIA. <laughs> <laughs> Because, like, if you have to clean all the rooms where they keep all their top-secret files, yeah. like, what does a guy follow you around making sure you don't... <laughs> yeah, they have, or, probably have... How does that work, I wonder? janitorial janitors that are CIA agents that well, yeah, go through uh, and hide all the stuff. A janitor exactly. who has to have security Or they do things clearance. like this. Yeah? <clears throat> oh, you definitely do, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. No yeah. question Wouldn't about that it. be funny if you're a janitor and you can say, honestly, I have top-secret clearance? <laughs> I've been in rooms that people don't even know exist. Trump tried that. It hasn't worked well. Sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> I, I, th I thought of that immediately, too. <laughs> See, what I thought of was one how for crooked Doug, the FBI is. So Mike. there you go. <laughs> it's unfortunate. All those agencies are so crooked now. It's un and it's kind of, I'm not referring to Trump here, mm. but my God, I, I just, well, I told you my one experience with the FBI. Well, I remember when they came into the old studio. Yeah. Remember what they said to me? No. Because I had some, a pretty sizable amount of money stolen from me, right? Oh. And the FBI came in and talked to me, and she said, uh, yeah, we have really important stuff to do, and you got enough money. Oh, well. Like, really? That's so nice. the law doesn't work for me. Oh, okay. That's great. You have enough money to, for them not to care, but you don't have enough money for them to care. Yeah, that's exactly what it was. Because this guy clearly doesn't know what a thinking voice is either. <laughs> <laughs> you might be right about that. Yeah. No, I just, I thought, how corrupt are you? Yeah. Well, that's really terrible. It's terrible. And, and then right now, every institution in our country is being demeaned. And, you know, every time... Every time that happens, it makes them, of course, it makes it harder for them to recruit good, honest people. Good, yeah, that's, that's true. Right. Shut them down, close the doors. Yeah, well, that, and that I, won't work you know, I no. really believe in the three-legged stool, the balance of powers, and I, I've yeah. got friends in Israel that are just freaking out right now over what's going well, the whole on. Whole country, like, half the country's freaking out. I just out. hope this doesn't happen here. It's. Well, uh, you can see it as a possibility. What's it's, he trying to do, in, or what's he doing? Well, the, basically, they passed, I don't know if it's a <clears throat> legislate, that Israel doesn't have a very strong constitution. Right. In fact, I don't even They don't have, have a constitution, no. Right. So they're having a constitutional the crisis, but no constitution. Right, is, has said that they can overrule their Supreme Court if they mm. find the rulings to be unreasonable. Oh, that's right, mm. yeah, like, yeah. 
you know, you really need that balance of power so nobody, whether it's the Supreme Court or the executive branch or legislative, gets out of control. I think yeah. that was one of the brilliant things that the founders of this country figured out a long time ago. Yeah, but it doesn't work anymore. There's no balance we're, anymore. We're they testing do they it. Want. Well, the Supreme Court. Yeah, we're testing The it Supreme again. Court is so corrupt, and that's, that's one of the problems. They're all just corrupt. All of them are corrupt. Well, I mean, it happens with our guardrails, and uh, I mean, you go, it goes. You know, it's we can talk about this all day, and we can all blame someone else. But it's the there's fact plenty is, of blame to go around. There's plenty, of, yeah, plenty to go around. Yeah. And in Israel, what's what's <laughs> happening is Bibi wants to dismantle the Supreme Court yeah. because mm-hmm. he's a criminal. And he's already been indicted, yeah. and that, the story goes on from there. Strong men. It's about strong men. Strong men are very, uh, it's, it's a great era for strong men. But I was explaining to somebody, and they go, so they're really upset? I said, yeah, a million people marched from ah, it's incredible. Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, which is about 25 miles, and June in Israel is not like the no. garden place of the world. No. It's about 110 oh, God, degrees. Yeah, it's like Phoenix. Hard. Yeah, that's right. It would be like marching from Phoenix to Tempe to a million people in the middle of the day. They're, they're, they're yeah, you can, as you, as you walk, you can see the carcinoma growing. <laughs> you know, I was trying to think of, I was try, literally, I'm very serious about this, trying to picture in my head somebody in our government who isn't corrupt. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Honest to God, these are the filthiest people of all time, maybe of all time. Isn't that sad? I'm, I'm trying to think of one. Yeah, good luck to well, you. Well, there's an awful lot, of, awful, awful lot of them who we just never hear about. Too. Well, that's true. I'm sure you're right. And they're that. probably the ones who are the most honest. Uh, yeah, I think you're probably right because all the other ones love to point out the fact that they've done so well. <clears throat> I, don't, I don't agree with them politically, but I would say I would not think that Mike Pence is a corrupt person. No, it probably but he's also not probably qualified to run the country either. I don't know that he's strong enough. Yeah. Well, if yeah. he's not yeah. qualified to run the country, then I'll vote for some. Oh, oops. Oops. <laughs> oops. What are you going to do? Yeah, they, they are a lot of clowns there. But, you know, these, these, these presidential debates have always been clown shows. Yeah, they have. That's true. So it's not going to be any different. I miss, uh, uh, who was that? God, what's his name? He was the the last somewhat legitimate third party candidate in the eighties. Oh, uh, um, you're talking about our, the, our the he had the charts and stuff that yes. explained the economy. He was I liked. Didn't him, he go actually. with an initial and then a name? In yeah, the last I think so. Yeah, what was his name. Oh, our, Andy will come up with it. Andy second. knows. Yeah. Was that 1984? Or That's about right. I need some more clues. Third-party uh, presidential nominee. H. Ross Perot. H. Ross oh, Perot. Yeah, yeah. From Texas. Short yeah. guy from Texas. He had a shitload of money on oil. Yeah, and... that was the 92 <clears throat> campaign. 92. That was 92, oh, wow. really? Mm-hmm. And then who, who was his uh, vice president? Uh, oh, he was the admiral, right? The guy who fell asleep, right? Yeah. Admiral Byrd. Yeah, he had no, <laughs> he had no <laughs> he, idea what he was doing. He was supposed to doing. be debating, and he fell asleep. He fell asleep. James <laughs> Stockdale. Yeah, that's right. Oh, Stockdale, that's right. Well... He was an ad, a vice admiral. Although he probably got Clinton elected because I think he got 10% of the vote, didn't he? He got yeah, 19% of the vote. Oh, 19%? Wow. I, mean, I didn't know that. Wow, yeah. Wow, that's, I didn't remember that at all. That's scary. Well, he got zero electoral votes, but he still right. got 19% right. of the vote. Yeah, but he probably influenced a lot of the electoral well, votes. No question yeah, he about flipped that, a few yeah. of them for sure, yeah. That well, was that's the famous why. line. It's about the economy, stupid, because Bush had just won the Gulf War. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six yeah. months later, we go into recession, and everybody goes, you're done. Well, it's, he stopped working. 
I mean, let's be honest. George W. Bush stopped working for like the last year of his presidency. Did he really? He just didn't do anything. He hmm. was chopping lumber, lumber a lot of the time. Yeah, he was chopping. Yeah. He was out there chopping Excuse lumber. me, aren't you president? <laughs> yeah, you well, Reagan so. did a lot of... Well, Rush Reagan, was kind of cool. but he had the Alzheimer's excuse. So. Well, I don't think he had it back then. He, he did in the, the second term, yeah. yeah I mean, so. He, well, if you look at the arc of it, I mean, two years afterwards, he basically can't speak. And yeah. He's, yeah. So, and, you know, in most and cases. we have the same thing now. In most <laughs> cases, of. Alzheimer's, you know, it develops over the course of many mm-hmm. years. Yeah. 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 And we've got the same thing now. Nobody can function anymore. It's really sad. <sighs> There have to be better candidates than the one we got now. Well, there definitely are, but do they have the money? Do they attract That's the donors? That's the whole problem. It's, it's like, all about money. It's like, who was it? One of the local congressmen, uh, Phillips. Oh, Dean, Dean Phillips. Phillips, yeah. He, you know, and I, I think he's, I don't have any problem with him, but. That's just because he's Jewish. Well, he, yeah, <laughs> and he's, he's also, he's, he's, he's a mainstream Democrat is what he is. You. He's a what? Yeah, he is. I would say that's what he's yeah. he, What is he? Mainstream Democrat. He's a mainstream Democrat. And he, uh, but he announced recently that there are, he said that he's, he's thinking that he might want to run for president. Yes. Because he's got, he's got people who are urging him to run. Now, if you, of course, decipher that, that Trending means at 1%. there's rich people who are willing to that's finance. It. Willing to finance it. That's exactly right. But, but that money tends to run out very quickly. You know yeah. what's sad about that? I heard, and I can't remember where I heard this. I cannot remember. But somebody said, oh, he'd never win. He's too homely. <laughs> yeah. God, that's kind of cold. Well, and the other thing, of course. As opposed to the last couple of sex machines. We've yeah, had. exactly. <laughs> well, precisely. That, it's like the story I always tell about my mother saying, you know, Mike, you are. You're so smart. You're, you know, you can, you can do anything you want. And I would say, well, uh, I don't know. I, could I could I be a lawyer? Oh, you can be a lawyer. I'd say, well, what about a, a really great doctor? She said, yes, you can be a great doctor. Sure. How about how about if I was a, a U.S. senator? She said, you can be a senator. Well, could I be president? No, that you can't be. Never. There's never been one, and never there never will one. be one. Oh, there'll be a Jewish no, president. No, never. Be. Absolutely. You really there don't will think be. so? Anti-Semitism is is evergreen. Well, it's your fault because you're the head. Right, gun. exactly. Yeah. You're the figurehead for the no, entire. No, it's just it's out there, and I mean, you got people like Marjorie Taylor Greene who were talking about George Soros's space yeah, laser gun, let's, and it's not, it's not, but it's not just her. There's the that thing throwers. there, you know. I, I, you know, I know. I hate them all. Well, that's that's the proper attitude. Well, maybe let me put we it this need, way. maybe we need a somebody who's a secret Jew that <laughs> everybody doesn't Jew. like. Steve McQueen would have been great, right? Was he a secret Jew? Uh-huh. I didn't know that. See, he was so secret, I didn't even know it. See? There you have it. No, I You would have voted for Steve McQueen. I would have voted for Steve McQueen. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, see? Everybody in this room. But I I remember that, getting back to Dean Phillips, remember what he asked me to endorse him? I do. That was, what, six years ago? Yeah, when he ran for the House. He asked me, he asked through a mutual friend if he could come on the show and asked if I would endorse him. And I said, well, i got to talk to you first. I don't know you, and I don't know anything about you. I know your family. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, the booze company. Yeah. Um, and he came in and he did the show. And he got up and gave me a big hug at the end and said, that's going to help so much, Tom. I thank you so much for your endorsement, blah, blah, blah. Got elected. I never heard from him again. <laughs> like, well, what a shock. Weird. So you just added him to the list, huh? What a shock. Yeah. 
Because there's a few others you never well, heard you from. You got yeah. that right. Now you're absolutely right. It's just disgusting. one of whom I detested, but um, but then I detest a lot of politicians, so it really doesn't. But matter. he wasn't the Jew that you detested, though, was it? No, I didn't think. so. No, no, I don't know much about Dean Phillips, but I I do know that he vodka's terrible. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> is it worse? Yeah, he, he you know he opened up a few coffee shops. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And Penny's, Penny's Coffee Shop. I did not know I know that. there was there was one out in, like, Wyzetta or someplace. But he had one in Linden Hills. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And uh, it was great because with all the Dairy Queens around me that, that, that Warren Buffett sold out. Yeah, that he only bought them to sell them, by the way, well, for course. the property. Of course, Absolutely. for the property. And yeah. although, although, I don't know, I, I believed him when he said, you know... I just have so many warm memories of Dairy Queen as a kid. <laughs> well, I do. And, and that's why well, I do, too. The I have warm memories cone, of them baby. now. But now i got to go to Hopkins to, oh, to get a Dairy Queen. on 77th right there by the old Sofitel. Uh, yeah, but I, I can't go there. You can't go there? I no, can't drive there. There's no Jew area? No, I can't drive there. <laughs> oh, I'd, okay, have to, I'd have to drive on a highway. Oh, yeah, you don't want to do that. No, no. The, the state of Minnesota has made it very clear that I am not to drive on a highway. Plus my, my uh, various eye specialists. So I got to drive on city streets, and so I have to go to Hopkins. Not that Hopkins is bad. Don't get me wrong. with Hopkins. And the Hopkins and uh, like 18th Street and 18th and Main Street. Mm-hmm. That's a wonderful area. Is that where the Lunds is and all that stuff? No, that's like that's like the, the far west. Oh, that's on yeah. 7th. That's down by that's the right. bowling alley. That's where right. real that's people right. are. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's and true. It's not, in, it's not in the gentrified part of Main Street. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hopkins is a very nice place. I like yeah. Hopkins. And Main Street is a very cool place. But the farther you go west, and then you get into sort of little boutique kind of places. Yeah, right. Which are really cool. That's true. And, and you know, that's a passing, you know, some, a passing piece of Americana. So I like the Dairy Queen there. But he... According to him, he just had those warm memories of Dairy Queen. It wasn't about the money. No, of course not. No. Just, no, no question. And then he turned around and he sold every every one that was on a property that was worth anything. That's exactly right. Yep. He yep. did. All right, that's going to do it, pal. So I, I, I can't wait to get off mic so I can find out who he hated. Yeah. Oh, you know who I hate. No, I do not. Oh, somebody, they're going to call me right now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I don't know which one you hated. Well. You want to give me the initials? Uh. No. GWB. I, I don't want to say anything bad about the guy right now because he's in terrible health. Oh, I'm oh. sorry to hear that. Yeah. Okay. Well, wrap it up, Dougie. All right. Thanks for coming in, Jordan. Absolutely. And it was great to see you guys again. We'll be on air again in a month. First, we'll so, try to do this the first Thursday of every month. That's what I was just about Next to time ask. We'll first like Thursday of every month. <laughs> I know. I, I felt like I had to catch up. And it's like, God, I dragged him all the way up here from Albert Lee and... He only did that because Volvos and it'll never be Thanksgiving because it's the first Thursday of every month. That's well, a good you point. would never do a Thursday. You'd never do a Thanksgiving show anyway. Well, I'm just you? saying, if you pressured me, oh, you know, bring some dinner. Let's in. see. You do you want to come to in and eat? do a podcast on Thanksgiving or hang out with your grandchildren? Yeah, there you, you go. You know what? I would settle for the uh, leftovers after Thanksgiving. I had a turkey dinner last night. I literally, I must be getting old because I had to take home about two thirds of it. Really? Oh it was way too much food. Turkey is very filling. My God, that was a was lot this of food. This was at a restaurant? It was indeed. Well, you got to tell me about this. Oh, you'd love it. We'll take you over there one day. Yeah. Indeed. But I can't tell you the name because people think I'm all hoity toity. Oh, I, okay. Now I know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've been know. there many times. Okay. With well, my, there you, you know, go. with my uh, buddy, the neurologist. 
Oh, okay. The well, Turkey Emporium. The Turkey Emporium. That's exactly where we were. <laughs> That'll wrap up this month's Car Selling Flagship Ford's Car Selling Secrets. If you have any automotive questions, needs, or anything, you can always reach me directly at Doug at FlagshipFord.com. Thank you.